Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 114. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official beer of uh, the Detroit Red Wings, the official Canadian beer, I should say, of the Detroit Red Wings. And no matter what's going on during the offseason, whether you're watching baseball or just relaxing after working out in the yard, nothing caps off the day better than an ice-cold Labatt Blue. And we always ask you to please drink our premium beer responsibly. With that, let's bring in Chris Draper of the Red Wings as we review the 2019 NHL Draft. Red Wings had 11 picks, and uh, one thing I will say, the last couple of seasons, Red Wings have uh, been drafting a lot of young prospects, and let's bring Chris in. Chris, thanks for doing this. It's always a pleasure having you on. Appreciate it, Art. Thank you very much for having me tonight. You you know, let, let me ask you, I mean, because... I know that when Ken Holland was the general manager, um, you know, you worked under Ken, obviously. Steve obviously worked under Ken Ken as well. Goes to Tampa, comes back, but you're both kind of weaned by Ken Holland, if that's the proper term. Is it that much different with Steve here? Because he's not that far removed from still being a player. I guess 2006 is a little bit of ways. Because just talking to him since he's been back, he hasn't really changed much. He's still pretty focused and pretty intense. Uh, pretty? <laughs> little understatement. Um, you know, he is intense, but uh, obviously very passionate and uh, certainly very passionate uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. And I know, um, you know, as, as, every, as he stated it, excited to be back, but, um, you know, also realize there's, there's a lot of work to be done. And I think, uh, you know, this is obviously Steve's first draft um, as a general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. And, you know, the one thing, um, you know, when it's, when the transition was made, uh, you know, Steve, uh, he has a vision, uh, he has direction, he has the type of players that he wants to draft, he has types of players that he wants in the Red Wing organization, whether it's through the draft, whether it's free agency or whatever it might be. Uh, and that direction was, uh, was given to all of us. And that's how, uh, you know, we're going to build, uh, you know, with the way he looks at it. Um, and obviously, have Pat Verbeek as well, and you know those guys. Uh, you know, to me, have done you know a, you know a fantastic job in Tampa, putting that team together. And uh, you know, for us, it's uh, that's the model. I mean, obviously, the Detroit Red Wings. When probably when Stevie left, he's looking at it. I'm going to build Tampa like the Detroit Red Wings that he was a part of. And now that he's back, you know, we're going to do the same thing. Well, you know, let me ask you because the the thing that seems uh, is that. You know, I, I kind of joked with him that Tampa's body wasn't even cold yet after they were eliminated in the playoffs, and he was back in Detroit. I mean, you know, knowing him, like, I, I just assumed that he wanted to be really integral and part of this draft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because of the upset, being upset by Columbus, he was able to leave Tampa probably much earlier than anybody thought. Right. Has it been kind of a whirlwind for you just because – He's only been on the job for, for two months. I mean, or was everything pretty much in place? He's familiar with these players. You're familiar with them, even though he was doing it for Tampa, let's say, and you were doing it for the Wings. But once you sit down in the room, you start talking draft, everybody's draft board might be different, but you're all looking at the same talent. Board. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, that that definitely happened. I don't think anyone in the hockey world thought that uh, Columbus was going to sweep Tampa Bay. And, and obviously when that happened, I mean, I've, 
I think everyone thought we were, you know, Steve was probably going to come to the wings in uh, in, in June. Uh, but obviously that, uh, you know, Columbus took care of that. And, um, you know, I think for, for you know, for Steve and, and to, to be able to, to be a part of it and get to know uh, the pro staff and the amateur staff and, and kind of, you know, be there, um, you know, and, 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 and watching, you know, these prospects and, and being a part of it, uh, you know, is certainly, uh, you know, valuable to, to all of us. Um, you know, when you have uh, somebody that uh, is passionate and someone that watches, uh, he watches a lot of hockey, definitely live, but, uh, you know, he certainly uh, educates himself on, you know, a lot of these prospects. And to me, it, it you know, it challenges you. It challenges you to be better. It challenges you to watch a little bit more more video. It self checks you on some of these players, and that's something that uh, you know is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that we all know, and Ken said it, and and you know, by the way, Ken, you know, unbelievable job by loading us up for you know for picks this right. year. Um, you know, we walked, we ended up trading back on one, and ended up you know with eleven picks. I mean, that's uh, you know pretty impressive coming out of that day with that. So you know, Ken realized that you know for for the Detroit Red Wings to get back to where the Detroit Red Wings want to be, the draft is going to be a huge part of that. And you know, today was um, you know Stevie's first draft, and um, you know I think as an organization uh, we're excited with the picks that we made over the last two days. Yeah, you know, let, let's let's look at this draft. I know that uh, especially in the first round, yeah, uh, supposedly after uh, Bowen Byram going, that it was really heavy uh, on on forwards. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly, and we'll get into each Red Wing draft pick here, and we only have Chris for a limited time, so it's, you know, we're not going to sit here as we usually do and talk for four hours, but um, I, the last couple of years we've had you on the fir- on Friday morning before the draft, before the first round. Now we're having you uh, review the draft for us, and we're so pleased about that, but uh, what kind of draft was it in your mind? I mean, is, was this a real deep draft? Because... Or are we reaching a point now because it's so critical that it never is going to go as anybody plans because teams are trying, some teams are trying to hit home runs, some teams are drafting for needs, some are best players. I mean, because it everyone seems to be different, yeah. I guess, is what I'm, yeah. I'm getting at, Chris. Well, I think I, everyone knew who was going one-two. Right, uh, right. The right. order, everyone could talk about what it was, uh, but everyone knew Hughes and Kako were going one-two. And then I think after that, um, you know, I think everyone kind of had a cluster of next players, you know, that would probably be, you know, three through eight to maybe three through ten where you thought those clusters of players were going to be. And you didn't know what order they were going to go in. And it depends on what the team wanted. Um, you know, obviously Chicago drafted the big centerman uh, out of Saskatoon, Kirby Doc. Uh, you know, and then you can just kind of how the dry, you know, and then uh, you have a defenseman and another center go. And, and then obviously it comes to us. And. Um, you know, Moritz Sider was there. He's a he's a guy that our Europeans have saw him play a lot. Uh, Yuri Fisher and Pat Verbeek were, were over at the World Championships, uh, the Men's World Championships, and saw you know Moritz represent um, Germany over there and and, and really handled himself well. Um, I was fortunate to, to go over in November. I saw him playing a U20 tournament, playing uh, playing for Germany, uh, and was very impressive. Um, six foot four, a guy that can skate. Uh, he's good on his edges. He moves well. He makes passes. He handled the puck under pressure, um, you know. And then uh, was able during the, the the U18 World Championships. There was an off day in Sweden and jumped on a plane and, and went into Germany to watch him play in a in a in a, in a league in the in the playoffs uh, in the finals. 
Uh, he ended up having two assists that game. Uh, one of their D-men got hurt, so he really jumped into a regular shift for probably half the game. And, you know, this is a 17-year-old kid that was that basically played against men, you know, the whole year. Right, right. Um, and being six foot four and the way that he skates and the way that he thinks the game, he was able to do that. So um, you're sitting there, um, and, and, and this is how it goes. If you don't take Moritz Sider at six, you're not getting him. Plain and simple. And for us, uh, um, Stevie had seen him play. Pat Fabica had seen him play. Tyler Wright had seen him play. I have Yuri Fisher. You kind of go through. Our European scouts have seen him play, and, and we felt, um, you know, that that you know he, he's a he's a heck of a prospect. And we're um, I understand, you know, some people can say that, but I can tell you right now, walking around the floor afterwards, uh, there was a lot of teams kind of right in our wheelhouse uh, that were very complimentary with the player that we took. Right. Um, well, you know, so that that you know, does that mean anything to us? No. Uh, but it's also, you know, it, it validates the fact that, uh, you know, we got ourselves a, a, a real good prospect. We're happy to have him. He was somebody that I had targeted, and I was more targeting this way. People would say, well, what do you think they're going to do? I said, well, you know, let's see. The Red Wings are going to need to build their defensive core just because Father Time's kind of catching up with the Red Wing blue line right now. And that, that just happens, you know. That's just, that's, yeah. that's nature. That's Mother Nature. So, but... Moritz Sider, I was thinking, hopefully, you know, praying, you know how I can get at times. I'm thinking, God, could he fall like Jared McIsaac, you know? But it was no pretty, chance. it was pretty. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. No, no. I can tell you that right now. There was zero chance that that was happening. Because like I said, some teams behind us and we got some text messages. And, uh, you know, some people were complimentary of our pick and other teams were, you know, uh, wishing that we hadn't taken them because right. they wanted to. But like I said, that that to us doesn't, you know, it doesn't validate it. Sure it does. It says in the industry that there was other teams that liked them. But for us, uh, you know, we sat there and we walked into the draft on Friday. Uh, we knew we were going to make the right pick for the Detroit Red Wing organization. And Moritz Sider was, was pick six and, and very excited to have him uh, in the organization. He seemed to be the most surprised person in the building when his name was called six. I've seen that. I've seen that on, uh, yeah, pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, you know, it's... Um, you know, I would, I would think uh, he knew he was, he knew he was going on Friday night. Uh, he just didn't know how high, and he didn't know where. Right. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's pretty neat to to have a, a reaction like that, and obviously with his parents, and, and very sincere, and, and that's something that uh, you know makes the NHL draft so special. Right. Like that. It is, and that's what's great to be there, just to see the reaction. You know, the, the hard work. You know that. I mean, everything pays off. The sacrifices that each of them make individually and we always hear about it and I think in hockey we hear about it a lot because every because these players are so appreciative of their support staff which is their family and you know everybody you know coaches and all that kind of stuff so it, it is a, a, a feeling of unity which is really good uh, let's get to the uh, second round pick 35 and I'll, I'll probably butcher some of these names but uh, you know Red Wings went defense again right-handed shooting defenseman like Moritz Sider is uh, anti Tumisto? Tumisto, yeah. Uh, uh, Finnish uh, hockey player, we all know about, uh, you know, Finland might have, you know, less people than the state of Michigan, but they can sure turn out yeah. uh, some hockey players. Yeah. What can you tell us about uh, Antti? Uh, big right shot D-man. We, uh, we're looking at this right now where we, we think in a couple years we're going to have the right side locked up for a long time with Heronic Sider and Tumisto. Uh, big kid, 6'4", like I said. Um, you know, needs to get bigger and stronger. 
uh, has an absolute bomb for a shot, can really shoot the puck, competitive kid. Uh, we feel that he's going to be, you know, that, that, that defender that's going to be hard to play against. Uh, he has some bite, he has an edge. Um, you know, we were actually over in Sweden and uh, kind of went out of his way to go knee on knee with a kid in the tournament and ended up getting suspended for a game, which doesn't happen too often, uh, you know, at the U18s over there. But uh, it just shows you that uh, that is compete level and how high it is. Uh, both uh, Hawk and Anderson and our Finnish scout, uh, Anton Ruta, uh, you know, really like this kid. We came, we came in last night uh, or uh, um, last night after the first round. Um, you know, sat there, kind of, you know, talked about how the first round went. Uh, and now here we are sitting there. Obviously, we were four pick. We had the fourth pick starting start today, kind of wondering where we're going to be at, what we were going to do. And, uh, you know, we had real good dialogue. There was a couple debates on, on some players. And in the end, uh, Tuomisto was, uh, was the player that, that we wanted to take. He was targeted walking into the rink this morning. And uh, we, were, we were very thrilled to add... Uh, to Amisto to, uh, to the Detroit Red Wings. All right, continuing in the second round, Red Wings had three picks in the second round at pick 54 in the second round uh, from the Chicago Steel, the USHL, Robert uh, Mastros. Mastromoni? Mastromoni, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I said, I'll learn the names, uh, trust me. But yeah, uh, we'll hope you're calling these names a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I, I saw I saw him play quite a bit, obviously playing in the USHL and playing in Chicago. Uh, he's going to Boston University in the fall. Uh, he was a real good interview at the Combine. He was just, he was excited to be across the table, obviously, from Steve Eiserman. And in the end, the interview just ended up being, you know, a bunch of hockey players talking hockey. Uh, this kid is a, is a rink rat. Um, his hockey sense, his compete, and his skill set are something that, uh, you know, we really like. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he's a 5'10 he's a, he's a forward. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you put in the hockey sense and the compete, um, you know, we, we feel that, uh, you know, this kid's going to, he's going to drive himself to continue to get better. Uh, obviously, Len Cannell, former scout of ours, mm -hmm. works at BU. Right. Uh, sent a text uh, right away when we got him, and he goes, uh, you know, f outstanding pick, fabulous young man. Um, you know, one of our scouts actually saw when we when we picked him, you could just see the excitement level of himself, and then certainly the excitement level of his of his family. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, this is is. Uh, you know, a, a, a kid that is gonna find a way to get bigger and stronger. Uh, he's he has to work on his uh, on his skating. He's a good skater, but you know, for being a five ten forward, he has to work on his skating a little bit. But uh, with uh, when you're talking about skill, you know, hockey sense and compete stuff that uh, we want to bring into our organization. Uh, we feel that uh, Master Simone is uh, is going to be one of those young young hungry hockey players. He has to look no further than you if he wants to work on his skating, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, we got some uh, we got some good people coming in to be able to teach him. But uh, you know, it's uh, when you're when you're a rink rat and you love the game of hockey and you right. have the passion, it, it's it's no coincidence that these players get better. And that's exactly what he did this year. He's actually uh, and uh, Adam Nightingale, our our assistant coach, uh, Coach Simmons Shattuck as a, as a 14 year old. Uh, Pat Fershweiler, who was obviously with the Red Wings, uh, you know, coached him at the Holinka 
and both these guys had him and absolutely raved about him. I uh, talked to, uh, you know, you just kind of gather information and every everything you get about this guy is, is people just talk about how much he loves the game of hockey. And to me, you know, that's something that's so important. When you got a young player like that who watches hockey, who loves hockey, these guys find ways to get better. So we're excited to, to, to have him to our organization as well. And a little bit of a B, uh, BU pipeline for the Red Wings, Casper uh, Katzkinsalo yeah. a couple of years. Well, we got his line mate coming in too, Ethan Phillips. We'll talk about him yeah, in a bit too. Right, right. So there's, yeah. there, there's, a, there's yeah. a little bit of uh, the, those rabbit terriers uh, yeah. in their uniforms, very similar to the Red, the Red Wings. Red that's what I said yeah. to uh, that's what I said to Master Simone. I said, "You got a chance to wear red and white for a long, long time here." So he was really excited about that. Uh, uh, the uh, last pick in the second round, pick 60 overall, uh, Swedish uh, defenseman, left-handed shooting defenseman Albert uh, Johansson. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, six feet, one sixty-eight. Uh, what about Albert? Well, first off, I'm not sure this kid shaves. Uh, really? He also told us that uh, his uh, his dad and his brother are both six foot two. Uh, you know, so there still is that. The uh, as he said, you know, I'm 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 hopeful that I, I'm still growing. Um, Hawk and Anderson, uh, you know, a big big fan of this kid. Um, you know, the the two things that he really raved about was uh, was his skating and his hockey sense. And you know, that's uh, you know that's the you know, those are the terms you're going to hear a lot probably over the next couple right. of years of players that, that we want to add. You know, this kid is a real good, smooth, smooth skater, uh, thinks the game well, uh, good first pass. He can he can skate himself out of trouble. He has the, the ability to make a good first pass under pressure. You know, and those are skills and assets that you want from your D-men. And going back into the uh, uh, into the third round, pick 66, uh, uh, went uh, forward. Uh, right wing mostly, but could also play center. A guy who has a little bit of sandpaper to him, it sounds like. Uh, Albin, I want to say Guar because of that, that group is whatever that thing. I can't get that out of my head, but Guerri? I think it's like Gruer of A. Gruer A, I think is, right, well, uh, is how Tyler uh, okay. announced it. Um, <laughs> this kid, um, we were over in, uh, in Sochi at the U18 tournament in February. Uh, first game against Russia, this kid got, he got hit, basically concussion, got hit hard. Um, came back, uh, you know, he, he ended up coming back, played the tournament, showed a lot of uh, determination and will. Uh, you know, real good skater, competitive, competitive kid. Uh, you know, and it's, it's funny, you don't hear Hawk and Anderson, usually you hear Hawk and Anderson talk a lot about, you know, skill and hockey sense. Right. And the way he describes this kid, you know, I, I kind of laughed. I'm like, you know, when have you ever really gone out of your way about talk about how competitive, uh, you know, the, uh, of a Swedish player that you really like? And he just kind of said, he's like, this is the guy that, that you want on your team when you get into the playoffs. Uh, we've, and then the an interesting thing. The, the Swedish guy, Tyler Bertuzzi, perhaps? The, 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 guy, the guy that hit him in Russia, right. he had a nice little payback in, in Sweden in the oh, uh, U18 okay. World Championship. <laughs> so uh, he certainly didn't forget about that. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a bit of uh, – that shows the mentality of uh, Albin uh, with the way he is. But uh, good skater, competitive. Um, there's obviously uh, – you know, he does have some touch and some scoring ability. But uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, is going to come in and, and his will, determination and compete in the way that he skates, you know, that's the stuff that, uh, you know, is going to make him be, uh, you know, a Red Wing. Well, I'll tell you, 102 penalty minutes, that's quite a, quite a lot for somebody who over the course played in two different leagues yeah. uh, in Sweden in 25 games. We might so. have the first Swedish goon ever. 
<laughs> well, there's a lot of firsts that the Red Wings have done with, uh, especially Swedish players. Uh, going to the uh, uh, fourth round, pick 97. Uh, we sort of uh, touched upon him, but uh, Ethan Phillips, uh, he was also very excited. I think Ethan was the one who took a picture as a little boy with uh, Gordy Howe okay. uh, in, in a Gordy in a Red Wing jersey. But uh, uh, he he's again seems like he seems one of these kids who just really wants to go. Yeah. His motor's running high yeah. and he's highly competitive. Yeah, another, uh, we talked about another BU kid. Right. Uh, and, it, and from the sounds of it, both he and uh, Master Simone are going to play on the same line uh, next year in the fall at BU. So that's, uh, you know, you got um, Ethan Phillips can really fly. Uh, you know, his quickness, uh, you go watch a game, it stands out right away with how fast he is. Real competitive kid. Um, one of those guys that, uh, you know, plays bigger than he is and, and, and kind of fearless. You know, he gets, uh, he gets in on the forecheck, he uses his speed, uses his skill. And, uh, you know, he was on the, uh, the, uh, the Clark Cup winning, winning team in the USHL, which is, uh, you know, fantastic. He loved bringing winners into the organization. Um, and he was uh, just another one of those guys who's, you know, going to go to college. Uh, you know, he, he definitely has to, you know, he has to get bigger, he has to get stronger. But, uh, you know, we feel that uh, he plays the game fast and there's, there's a lot of compete, will, and determination with him. He, uh, but what's interesting about him, Canadian who wanted to play U.S. college hockey because it, it was important getting the degree. And I, I'm not going to get any of a debate, you know, each, everybody's yeah. path. We all have to choose our own path, you yeah. know. But uh, he, his family billeted Philip Sedina. Yep, yep. And, and, and Nico Hishar. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Obviously, a hockey family, passionate <laughs> hockey family, right in Halifax. So, yeah, it uh, it shows you, um, you know, kind of a the hockey. It's uh, it's a small world. It, it definitely is. But uh, uh, round five, pick one twenty eight. Uh, another defenseman in uh, uh, Cooper Moore uh, played at uh, Brunswick Prep High School, a, a prep school. Uh, you know, put up some pretty big numbers. What can you say about Cooper? Um, you know, we just. Uh, Brennan Fleming, our uh, New England scout, was, uh, you know, there's always guys that you kind of, you want to be able to call their name at the draft. And this was one of the guys that, uh, you know, that Brennan wanted to, wanted to call. Uh, went in, watched him play a lot. Uh, good skater, smooth defenseman, good with the puck, and obviously had, you know, a real good uh, year this year. But, you know, those are, um, you know, you, you, you start, as you start getting to the later rounds uh, and an opportunity to put, uh, he's, he's obviously going to school. North put, Dakota. Put him in, uh, you know, which is a heck of a program. Right. Uh, you know, they just find ways to develop hockey players because there's actually nothing, you know, more you're going to do, you're going to be in North Dakota, you're going to play hockey in, in one of the, you know, greatest, uh, you know, rinks that there is, right. um, you know, so, uh, you know, they're, they're excited to get him in there. And, you know, obviously uh, North Dakota does a real good job at, at developing, you know, prospects and, and players. And so that's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice addition for us as well. And, and another defenseman, you know, like that's, you know, we, uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, keep that, uh, you know, you, you got Hironic, you got Chalowski, obviously got Lindstrom coming, you have McIsaac, uh, Seth Barton, uh, Alec Regula, you have what we did today. There's going to be a lot of demon that are going to knock, you know, continue to knock on the door here for the Detroit Red Wings. And these kids, you know, we expect, uh, you know, to develop and, and, and sooner or later get these guys in the challenge for spots. Right, Cooper, not bad size, and you're right, they, they all can still grow. 6'1", 181 pounds. Going to the uh, sixth round, pick 159. Uh, went back to uh, Sweden again, 
Elmer uh, Soderblom, I believe, 6'6", six, six, yep. 219 yep. forward. Yep. Uh, what I read, did a little bit of right reading on him, uh, he loves to go to the net. Uh, big guy, what about Elmer? Yeah, um, obviously a big kid. Uh, you know, and actually for, for being so, uh, you know, for his size and, and, and being 17, 18 years old, you know, he moves, uh, he moves, he moves pretty good around the ice. Um, he is, his net front presence, um, the interesting thing with him is a lot of the times uh, uh, on the on the first power play unit throughout the tournaments, you know, they would throw uh, the big fella in, in front of the net, um, you know, and, and he has a good stick, uh, good stick, good 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 reach, good touches. Um, and the one thing that he was able to do by being six six, uh, he had the he had the ability to keep plays alive. And what I mean by you know, if there's a shot or a rebound or a block shot, he used there is some quickness, and he really used his size and strength to get pucks back and keep uh, keep keep the uh, the play going in the offensive zone. So. Um, you know, it's um, you know, it's it's uh, he, he's a big kid, and then you start looking at elements that mm -hmm. that he can bring. Um, you know, he's size, strength, plays a heavy game below the, the top of the circles, and uh, he enjoys getting to the front of the net, and is actually really good at getting to the front of the net. The Red Wings made a trade during the the draft. They traded uh, a fifth round pick, 143rd overall, to the Buffalo Sabers for two picks, uh, 177 overall, which is in the sixth round, and 191 uh, in the seventh round. The first pick, uh, the 177 round six, the Red Wings uh, uh, second pick in the uh, sixth round. Uh, another Swede, Frulunda, or uh, you guys should probably maybe own a little bit <laughs> of that team, uh, but Gustav uh, Berglund, yep. Uh, another defenseman, 6'2", 194, and another right-handed yep. shooting defenseman. Um, you know, this was a guy that Hawken, uh, you know, really started talking about the second half of the season. Um, you know, Hawken uh, and uh, the player would be the first one to tell you that he had, he didn't have a very good first half. And there was a lot, um, you know, he, he kind of thought it was going to be easy. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, when you're 17, 18 years old, you realize that, you know, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the kid turned around and, and, and put himself, he went to the gym. He was, he was one of the first guys there at practice, you know, first guy on, last guy on, and just started to get better. And I guess this, this kid's a physical specimen. I guess he really enjoys the gym. Uh, he's supposed to be in tremendous shape. And, you know, you're, we're looking at uh, another guy, good skater, right shot, um, you know, and, and, and what you do here is you just try to keep adding, like we've talked about. You know, you want to, we were able to trade back and get a couple extra picks. And, you know, when you start, you know, you just want to try to, you know, right. keep, uh, you know, keep, you know, calling names out. And you hope that these guys uh, sooner or later are going to be knocking on the Detroit Red Wing door. Well, the second uh, pick uh, acquired from Buffalo uh, in round seven, uh, 190th overall. Uh, and... Uh, uh, all right, this is good. This good good. luck with this one. Yeah, this yeah. will be a good one. Uh, Krill, I'll say. Yeah. Krill to Tayev? Sure. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> right. He's 5'9", yeah. uh, 146. A little, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit of Otto Kevamaki yeah. from last year. Uh, forward left wing. Uh, uh, put up real good numbers, though. 60 points in 60 games for the, I guess, the the highest minor division or youth division in, 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 in Russia. Yes, yeah. Um, there was just a U-20 tournament, uh, I guess it probably would have been about a month ago. I think it was called the Black Sea Cup. Uh, Hawk and Anderson was there. Uh, Nikolai Vakarov, our Russian scout, and uh, Vladi Havlui, our Czech scout, went over there. Uh, and this, this, I guess this kid was excellent. 
Uh, I have never seen Kirill play, um, you know, and, and uh, but, you know, when you start reading the reports, um, you know, and then you start talking about, you know, a skill set that he has, uh, you know, our, our, you know, both, all three of those guys came back. Uh, it was a name, we were actually, um, we were, we were at the, was it, we were at the Memorial Cup and Hawk and Anderson sent me a text on, on him saying that we want to get this guy uh, to make sure that, you know, put him as a late name. So obviously, uh, you know, you go over there and this was, uh, this was a, a talented young hockey player that caught the eye of uh, our three scouts. And so we're, uh, you know, you put him, put him in the system and, you know, in, in Russia, we're hoping in, you know, maybe two, three years, whatever it might be, comes over and, you know, we have, uh, you know, a high skilled uh, competitive forward. And the last pick the Red Wings had in the 2019 NHL entry draft, round seven, pick 191, right after Kirill, uh, a, a goaltender, Carter uh, Guylander, mm -hmm. and uh, 6'5", big, 172, yep. kind of reminds me of Keith Precizelli. Uh 22 games played for Sherwood uh, uh, Park. Uh, in the uh, he's he's committed to, in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Yep. He's committed to Colgate University. 16 and four last year. Goals against a 2.43, uh, 9.15 save percentage, and three shutouts. You know, certainly, uh, I thought maybe you would take a goalie, maybe even earlier. But I, I don't think anybody who sees the Red Wings and knows where they are, that they're at right now should be surprised that a goaltender was taken. Yeah, um, and you know what? There was dialogue about taking uh, taking goaltenders as well. Uh, you know the uh, you know we obviously have we have Philip Larson coming into to Grand Rapids next year. We're real excited about him. It looks like uh, Eliasson is going to challenge for a spot for the World Junior Team for Team Sweden. Um, you know, and now uh, you know we have Petrozelli. Uh, you know, it was this was a name. Um, haven't seen him play. Uh, both uh, we had uh, Marty Stein and Kelly Harper, two of our scouts, had uh, had watched him. Um, the, the very athletic kid and you know you you mentioned his size and then you mentioned his weight and you know he'd be the first one to tell you that he has to get uh, he has to get stronger but um, you know we're you know in the in the seventh round um, you know when when you're you're looking at it and you see a six foot five goaltender who's a, 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 has a athleticism um, he's going to play another year in the Alberta Junior League, and then from there he's going into Colgate. So right there, you're looking at you know a year in the Alberta League, and then you're probably looking at anywhere from two to four years of college hockey for him to be able to develop, and that you're hoping here from you know four or five years that uh, you know you might be able to have a, you know a starting goaltender there. That's you know that's the mindset. That's uh, you know why why we decided to go down that way. And the interesting thing is. Uh, a, a friend of mine from a different organization came up and he actually kind of sought me out and uh, we picked uh, after we picked him he said you know what he goes it's uh you know that's a, that's a good seventh round pick you know there, there might be something there you know so those are the things you like to hear when you when you pick a player and you have a friend in another organization or whatever and they kind of come up and and you know compliment you on one of your picks and you know this uh you know th th this could be uh you know something down the road so we'll see you know i, I don't want to get corny here because i've known you for a long time but it seems to me that these guys in the fifth, maybe sixth, seventh round that you kind of root for because of your own story that, you know, if you apply yourself and you really want it, 
you can be another Chris Draper. I, like I said, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, you, yeah. but I, 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 I know when you talk about, you know, what comes to mind is Jack Adams, a six-round pick. He knows he needs work and stuff, but every time he's been at development camp, because he's in college, you can only go to development yeah. camp. Somebody that, you know, you have said kind of stands out at times. I mean, but that's because what it really does come down to, regardless of where you're picked, I would imagine, if you really apply yourself, good things can happen. Well, I, I mean, for me, um, I, I, I just, I love watching hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very passionate towards the game. I mean, I, you know, I'm able to, you know, some, some nights stay home and, and sit on that, sit on the sofa and watch, uh, you know, the NHL playoffs with my son. And it's something that, you know, I want to do, right. um, you know, and you, you know, if I'm, you know, be, you, we're all, you know, watching video or whatever we're doing and you're, you're trying to find these players and whatever it might be, you know, to me, you know, one of these questions I always ask these guys when we sit in the combine, it's like, you know, do, do you watch the NHL? And if you do, how much do you watch? And to me, when you have a young man like, like, like these guys, that, that the names that we just went through, you know, if they're passionate towards the game, if they love being in the gym, if they work, you know, hard on and off the ice and they eat right, and they sleep well and all that stuff, all the stuff that we're going to teach them at the development camp, um, Sean Horkoff and Dan Cleary do, a, do an unbelievable job at our development camp for these guys. And we're hoping that every single one of these guys, you know, buys into, in, into what we're there for them. You know, they're going to have the, the education is going to be there, the opportunity, the resources that we have. We hope that all these, you know, young hockey players that we have, you know, take it. And there's, you know, the one thing about the draft is there's going to be players that, you know, were ranked lower or went later and some might not even have went all of a sudden might come back in, you know, two, three, four years mm-hmm. from now, and they might be better than, you know, someone's name who was called Friday night. You just don't know. You know, everyone, you know, the way these kids are wired, um, you know, there, there's always something, there's something different. These kids are, you can't, you can't, you can't measure the heart. You can't measure the will and determination and, and what we're going to do. And, and this was Friday night and Saturday night and over 200 players, you know, their names were called. Um, you know, there's probably going to be players that, that were better than what the industry thought on Friday and Saturday night. You look back at that every year, there's always guys like that. So we're hoping that, you know, someone that we had, you know, in, in, the, in the mid rounds or late rounds is actually better than, than what we thought. And that's how, that's how the Detroit Red Wings are going to get better. When you look at the breakdown positionally, five forwards, uh, a couple centers, a couple wingers, obviously, five forwards, five defensemen. Uh, a nice mixture of right-handed shooters yep. and, and left, but mostly, I think maybe mostly right, and then and then one goalie. Is that just the way it plays out? I mean, you know, I, I asked Steve this, and you know, he told me this is we go for the best player for need. Yep. <laughs> for the yep. need we have, we yep. go for the best player at that time. Uh, is it is it, so? It, it's it was on plan when you sit down, and you look at all eleven picks, you go, my gosh, we have five forwards, yeah. five defensemen, and a goalie. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, we're sitting there and, uh, you know, our list is, we pretty well finalized our list, uh, you know, like with with a little bit of movement here and there, but, you know, pretty well the list was done coming into Vancouver. You know, we we would open it up for dialogue on on Friday on where we wanted to go. And then after last night uh, and then this morning, you know, there's a little bit more dialogue on that. But in the end, I mean, we're, you have it on the list. We have our, you know, top 40 and we're basically, you know, you know, checking names off as they're getting called and, and then taking the name that's right there. But then when you get into, you know, obviously when you get into to rounds three, four through seven, you know, we want we want our area scouts. That's that's when it's it's their time. 
They've gone out and watched over 200 hockey games. They've traveled all around. It's like, now who do you like and who do you want? And, and that's really what it comes down to. And in the end, it's, 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 it's what they want. It's not like, you know, Friday night we took a D-man. We took a D-man with, you know, with, with our second round pick. Well, let's start looking for forwards. It's just how it kind of plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in the end, it's, uh, you know, the breakdown, it is what it is. But uh, what we want to do is we just, like I said, you, you want to continue to add, you know, passionate hockey players, competitive hockey players, smart hockey players, fast hockey players. That's what we want to do. And, and uh, you know, we felt that uh, we addressed a lot of those needs. You know, a, a lot of Canadians are, are, uh, are Red Wing fans, obviously, with Windsor being right across the Detroit mm-hmm. River there. Uh, and, and I think something the, for the first time, and I also asked Steve this earlier today, uh, the first time since I guess the draft became the official draft in 1969 that the Red Wings didn't draft one player from the Canadian Hockey League. Yeah. Just kind of, it, it, it seems to listen, we, we, we like a lot of them. Yeah. It's, again, yeah. sometimes it's just the way it plays itself out. Just how it plays out, yeah. Um, you know, and it's not, we're not trying to go in a direction and say we're, you know, we're, we're going down, you know, through, you know, the USHL and this is what we want to do or whatever it might be. You know, honestly, we're sitting there and after, like I said, you get through pretty well, you right. know, your first page, you open up the page, it's Europe, it's the Western League, it's the Ontario League, it's the Quebec League, it's the USHL, and we sit there and then there's debate. Um, you know, and in the end, the way it worked out, uh, it's just the way that that worked out. Next year, you know, we could be in Montreal for the draft, and it could be a whole, uh, it could be a whole different story, you know, um, with with the way it goes. But for us, it's uh, it's a it's a matter, like I said, that you know, Stevie has uh, you know set uh, set the tone and the direction of this organization, and and where where he wants to go and the type of players that he wants to add. And today, that's just uh, or over, over the last two days, that's just how it played out. Well, I know Red Wing fans, if you're in the greater metropolitan Detroit area, if you're just planning a little bit of a vacation, uh, development camp begins on Tuesday, runs yep. through Saturday. Uh, Friday, something new this year, a three-on-three yeah. tournament on Friday night, yeah. and then the, the traditional red and white game yeah. on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I know you, you touched upon it a little bit, Chris, and obviously, we're, all, we're I swear, one last yeah. question. <laughs> no, but, but, but we're, we're really almost done. But I, I'm kind of curious. I know you want to temper expectations, but when you get, and this is everybody, this just isn't the, the 11 young men. These are mostly young men who have not played for the Red Wings at all, uh, but have been drafted over the years. Uh, uh, you'll see everybody there and everybody who has been drafted from U.S. colleges or some European leagues, this is the only time that you can actually have them on Detroit yeah. ice, shall we say, because yeah. it's at the Belfort Center. What would be, in your mind, a good development camp when you walk out and you say, my gosh, we've got talent all over the ice. I mean, what's your measuring stick, I guess, is well, what I'm saying. You know what, it's, like I said, for, for, for Dan Cleary and Sean Horkoff who run this camp, um, and then obviously with us being there every single day, what we want to do is we want to give these guys as much information as possible. I thought last year was fantastic. The first year that we had it down at Little Caesars Arena, um, I thought the players, you know, we got great feedback from them, uh, you know, on the, on the nutrition side, obviously on how to eat, on how to sleep, um, you know, and then the importance of, uh, you know, the on-ice stuff, both the skills. And, and, but in the end, the one thing that, you know, we want all these, basically these picks or prospects, whatever we have coming in, they have to understand how hard it's going to be. You know, just because your name was what was called, you know, uh, this weekend, now the real work starts, you know, and it's uh, it's about having a big summer. Right. Um, you know, we're going to sit there. I mean, we talk to these, 
these young hockey players and ask, well, what do you need to improve? Oh, I need to improve on my skating and, and, uh, and I have to get stronger. Well, you pretty well have two months now to do that. And that's what we want to do. We want to get them in. We want to give them a plan. Pretty well, all of them are going to get, you know, individual touches, whether it's power skating, whether it's skill, whether it's video, whatever it might be. And we want to educate these, these players and we want them to take as much information as they can over the five, six days. And from there, you know, now it's about making themselves better. And that's really what, uh, what we felt last year was we did an excellent job um, and, and we're going to continue to do that. And in the end, we're going to continue to you know, challenge these young hockey players in this year's draft and probably the last two drafts. You know, this is how the Detroit Rebels are going to get better. It's about, it's about drafting, it's about developing, it's about these young guys you know, starting to come in and start stealing jobs. When you look at the, uh, and this is the final question, when you, when you look at the uh, the Red Wings, and I, I think realistically everybody who follows this team, and uh, obviously because they were such a uh, competitive team in 25 consecutive years making the playoffs, people realize where the Red Wings are. And, and I think, you know, the, the Red Wings have bought not time because Stevie's here, just because of the history of the organization, people trust the Red Wings for the most part. I know I'm going to get a lot of flack on that from some people, but I don't care. Uh, but it looks like maybe perhaps they have a definitive number one line now with Larkin, Mantha, and Bertuzzi. I mean, there's pieces. It's starting to come together. I know Steve pre pre preached patience. Uh, I, I know you're preaching. Let's, let's take a step back. But realistically, and I guess even though St. Louis and I, even though St. Louis wins the cup and they were in last place, but that's been, that was a team that had been loaded for a while and maybe didn't meet expectations. When you kind of look at this, how long do you think, and I'm not, I know this is kind of an unfair question, Chris, and it's long and rambling and hopefully you'll understand it, but Ken used to say, Ken Holland said, listen, you know, all you have to do is get in the playoffs and geez, look, you know, you only know what happens. You know, you've got your best players have to be your best players. You need a little bit of luck. You need injury free and your goaltender has to be hot. You know, that was his four variables. Has the league, because it's parity, because it's a hard cap league, uh, you know, do you think once the Red Wings start to get back into the playoffs again, just simply because they're there, that anything can happen? Uh, you never know. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You already just brought up St. Louis, right? Uh, you know what? A, what an incredible story of of what they did and how they came together, and obviously went on to win the Stanley Cup Game Seven in Boston. I mean, that's that's unreal. Really, um, you know, almost unheard of, but you know. Um, I think the one th the one thing that we want to do is is when when we get into the playoffs and when we get good enough to get into the playoffs, then we want to make sure it's, it's year after year after year. Right. You know, that's how we want to continue to build this thing. So, you know, you don't want to just all of a sudden, you know, have a, you know, a bit of a, you know, a good year. You get in, it might be, you know, a first round exit and then you're, you know, and then it's a couple more years. Let's, let's get a good core, a good young core. Obviously we have a great piece in Dylan Larkin. Um, you already talked about, you know, Bertuzzi, Mantha, Double A, Heronic. I mean, what an outstanding world championships he had. There's some pieces, but the one thing that we want to do, we want to continue to add to that young core. We want to build that young core up. And when those guys are ready to lead us into the playoffs, then I think we're going to be able to challenge for the Stanley Cup. And we're not going to be, then we're going to be able to do it year after year after year for, for a while. And that's something that we want to do. And the importance is, is the draft. We, you know, like we said, we just talked about this. We felt we had a good draft, you know, August, 
First week of August, we're back over to, to Bratislava, Slovakia for, for, for the Gretzky Holinka tournament, and we're on to the next core, and away we go. So, I mean, that's, that's really how this works. And, uh, you know, I think you've heard Steve talk about it, you heard Ken talk about it, and it's the importance of drafting and developing, and, and that's what we have to do. So, did I answer your question? Probably not, but the most, because we don't know. And the most important thing is what, what I want to do is. When you look at when we went on those runs, I mean, obviously, you know, you had Stevie and Sergey superstars. It's, you know, then you have Shani, but there was a core. Right. There was right. a core of that group, and, 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 and we stuck together, and we built, and, and we had, you know, we had some ups, and we had some downs before we were able to win the Stanley Cup, and we won the Stanley Cup. You know, we were able to compete for it, you know, year in and year out, you know, for probably six, seven years. Did we win it every year? No, but we did some pretty special things. And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to give, you know, Dylan Larkin's team the opportunity to be able to do that. And, you know, I'm going to say it again. It's the importance of drafting. It's the importance of developing. And it's, a, it's the importance of some of these players that we picked become better than what we thought. And if they can do that, then we have an opportunity to, to, to get in. And once you get in, then you give yourself an opportunity to win. You know, one player I want to ask you about because, because he's, uh, he's signed as a free agent, um, Oliver Kasky, yep. because he could only, because of his age, he could only sign, I guess, a one-year, two-year deal or something. But this is a guy that, from everything I've, I've heard, I think he fits into the Red Wings' plans, or he's going to get every opportunity yep. to make that team. I mean, yep. is, that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, fair assessment. And, um, you know, I know Pat Verbeek, and, and obviously your official was a big reason right. uh, of signing him. Pat Verbeek saw him play over at the World Championships, had some good things to say about him. Um, Another Finn. Uh, right. These uh, these Finns, uh, <laughs> man, they just they just find ways to win things uh, right now. Um, you know, so we're um, you know I, I obviously watch him play on TV. Never seen him play live. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what what Oliver can do. Uh, and hopefully, you know, like we said, it's it's a free player. We got him as a free agent. We're right. hoping that he comes in and challenge for for a spot uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. And away we go. Those are the little things. Those are the things that we just talked about. All right, uh, Chris, before this uh, interview turns violent, you slug me, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, hey, thanks good for, chat as always, Art. Right. I appreciate it. Thanks for doing it. I really yep. appreciate it. You know, I, I, I mean, I, taking time out, I know it's been busy. I know it's been hectic. I know your family, some of your family's here at least. And, you know, Vancouver's a beautiful city. So yep. go out and enjoy the city while you can. And uh, thank you very, very much, Chris. My pleasure, Art. Appreciate it. And uh, go Wings. Thank you. Go Wings. Thank you. Go Wings. Thank you. Go Wings. Thank you.